welcome to episode 7 of The Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. We'd like to start this week by turning our thoughts and offering our good wishes to Fabrice Mamba following yesterday's terrible events at White Hart Lane. However much we have cheered or bemoaned the triumphs and disasters of Chelsea's season in The Podding Shed, just occasionally real, real life reminds us all that football is a really a very trivial thing that should be taken at face value at all times. Fabrice, get well soon. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Joining me, Dekaiser, or Johnny, as I'm otherwise known this week, are Grocer Jack, who is Tony, and Dr. Blue Bio, who is Donal. Mark, who is absent this week, mentioned last week that he was off to meet a Nigerian prince to discuss a £2 million gift, and that's the last one. <laughs> <laughs> if, anyone, if anyone sees him, then do please let us know. In all seriousness, Mark is working and unable to join us tonight, but we'll be back next week. So you'll have a shorter, if slightly less witty, podding shed to listen to. <laughs> we will start this week to talk about a, a very, very good week, ultimately, in, um, in, in Chelsea's context. Um, Napoli on Wednesday night was a truly tremendous and historical night um, in, the, in the grand scheme of things. Um, reports of the old guard's demise has, um, has obviously been greatly exaggerated, with Drogba, Terry and Lampard all playing a huge part in our victory. Um, this sets us up with... Um, probably a more, let's say, a more favourable tie because the old cliche says there are no easy games at this level um, against Benfica um, with the mighty Barcelona and AC Milan waiting uh, in the semi-final position should we, um, should we get through. Um, gents, I personally wasn't there but spent um, the evening shouting and throwing beer cans at the television. Um, Tony, I shall hand you, hand over to you. Your thoughts on the game, please. Well, uh, I, you know, I was in uh, I was in uh, the wilds of Newbury on a, a kind of team reunion dinner. Uh, it, ironically, in an Italian restaurant um, which had no football showing anywhere, um, <laughs> and so I, I sort of sat there through the meal um, with you know. I could have just sat there and done the standard answer to any question or comment that was made at the table. I could have just learned, oh, I think terracotta or something like that because I was patently not really concentrating on what was going on around me because I sort of like had the, an iPhone super glued to my hand on Twitter thinking, oh, bugger. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, so uh, I, I, I had a... But, and we talked about this a few weeks back. Uh, uh, you know, So in a way, it was a, a way of hiding from what I thought would be the inevitable disappointment um, mm. and, you know, the, the fact that we've all built up some hope and uh, 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 and it's the hope that kills us, as, as we've all said, you know. Um, mm. But in actual fact, um, it, it, although it dampened it a little bit, I had a feeling of getting in the car about 10 o'clock um, and it was thick fog. Uh, you know, I was down to 20 mile an hour trying to get home on a, on a very busy A road and um, that had an effect of sort of like destroying FM and AM radio signals so I couldn't get anything so I you know I was staring at a phone on the passenger seat thinking I can see the text messages and the Twitter alerts coming through and thinking you know no keep your eyes on the road because otherwise (laughs) otherwise it will be irrelevant to you what happens to Chelsea or not um so in a way it was nice I got home and and caught up on the highlights and uh, obviously very happy um I've since watched the game on a rerun. Um, thank you very much, ITV4. You'll never hear me say that very often. Um, <laughs> and it was a remarkable, a remarkable performance, not least of all um, by the players, but by um, everybody in the ground. It sounded like an absolute riot. Mm. Um, my mate Chelsea Bob, who should be by rights the richest man in this country, because he absolutely forecasts every Chelsea score bang on right and when I met him in the pub Friday night he said I said 4-1 and I, I've said to him before why don't you bet on it you've only got <laughs> if you, you know, like, your, 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 your psychic capabilities with Chelsea are so good you should be you know I, you sh- I should be as your friend I should be living in a, a, in a house with an in and out driveway just by virtue <laughs> of being your mate and um yeah, so but it, and possibly Jody Mo- Jody Morris serving your drinks or exactly. something like that. And, and, she, and she likes to play golf, so you know. Oh, he. Sorry, I think I'm thinking Jody Kidd. That shows you where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, I was thinking of employing former Chelsea players, yes. but you know, you know yeah, Jody yeah. Kidd, if you wish, that absolutely <laughs> fine. It's more about me, doesn't it? I think there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, and when you look at the performances across the, the park, the the the, the old guard. Um, the, the demise of the old guard, yes, greatly exaggerated. I would say that um, I, I have never really doubted that for 
odd one-off games, those players can lift their performance. Yeah. Um, and we spoke before we started recording this about, you know, why why now? Why Just because, the you know, this is a group of players that showed under Avram Grant that they don't really need a manager. Okay, so when AVB um, was there and they're underperforming, he goes, if Robbie Di Matteo is just there to do the press conferences... How can they suddenly turn it on now? Why couldn't they do it before? And I, I, that's my worry, is that, you know, amongst all of the fantastic uh, way that game went and some absolutely standout performances, even from Fernando Torres when he came on, you know, who yeah, he, he, roundly he, cheered for actually running like a bloody greyhound after and hounding their players. He did run his socks off, didn't he, in, in, yeah. in the true, truest sense of the word. Yeah, and I think that what, what, what I'm seeing is is that the underlying issue of transition is still there it is still very much there and I alluded to I believe Frank Lampard has written an article in today's Sun on Sunday or been interviewed um, where he's pretty much you know acknowledged that there will be big big changes in the summer um, which will affect a lot of players having said that it's true actually just sorry just to jump in there the the strap line I've not actually read the article but the strap line I've seen is is that his criticism and, and I you know we've discussed at great lengths on here what a wonderful player we think Frank Lampard yeah. is but you know it, he has the ability alright yeah Andrew Villas-Boas has gone away with his X million pounds as a, as a payoff but you know he, he doesn't actually get to put his side across and you know Frank has, has ample opportunity to do so which you know is obviously his prerogative and you know his choice but I think that you know the strap line and the general thrust of, of what I've seen about it was Villas-Boas you know he didn't have enough of an eye on the now yeah, it was about the project and about the future, yeah. which you know I think we've we've probably agreed with that on here in the past. And I think it, an awful lot of people have said the same thing. Yeah, and I, I actually do empathise with that because I work in an environment where um, the sexy thing is in the strategy and the delivery of the new, mm. and the operations bit where I work is very much seen as you know you're almost second class citizens in some ways, and you think, hold on a minute, if we weren't doing our job now. You, there'd be no future, the future would build be for. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think um, how I've missed that glaring um, analogy before, I don't know. But I, I think there's a lot of truth in that. And um, mm. But, you know, back to that Napoli performance, it looked, uh, they, their fans looked absolutely fantastic. I've heard a few stories about what they were like outside the ground and, and everything like that. But, um, and they, you know, I think they've gone back complaining about how they were treated by our, our own stewards and police but I think when you look, hear the stories that come from Napoli and, and any I other think, I think yeah, there's any number of our, um, our, our ardent away fans who, um, who, who travel regularly yeah. with the club have suggested that you know two hours on a bus without access to a toilet or any food or yeah. drink it's, um, it's probably pushing it yeah. a little bit but um, you know so, it's for another time just to round it up a standout performance by Didier Drogba um, I, I'm deeply deeply impressed with um uh, you know all of the team really right across the board um, and it was good to see good to see mm. I think yeah I mean in terms of a this this week I mean we will talk about what what, what awaits us next week um, in a little while but this this particular week um, with Napoli and Leicester two very different games um, in two very different competitions but you know had we come away with um, you know possibly a draw to today against Leicester and you know having gone out against Napoli the season would have looked very very different but you know there, there's sort of a good renewed sense of hope which is obviously as we know the thing that kills us um, <laughs> but you know that there is a degree of interest um, towards the end of the season um, I picked, we picked up on an interesting quote from um, Fernando Torres and I'll read the whole thing so it's in context um, maybe this season I was playing at a good level and not scoring goals that's the striker's job and if you don't do it people think you're playing badly but the people teammates and staff support me and I feel the confidence of the manager now I needed those goals I was working so hard to get those goals Donal it, it, it strikes me as, as quite a, an interesting and possibly telling quote that we may be digging a little bit too much into we may not but um, the, the, the sort of the people, teammates and staff support me and I feel the confidence of the manager now. Telling or are we um, a little over the top and of course your thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, it, it's difficult to know with with the whole Torres thing in that you know, since he came to the club I mean Ancelotti seemed to play him a bit and, and Fidesz Boas played him you know, quite 
I mean, it appeared earlier in the season until he got sent off against, was it Swansea? He yeah, he's strung, he strung three or four, you know, decent games together and he looked, you know, to be heading back to sort of the sharpness that we thought. Um, yeah, I think the, the Swansea game was where he scored one, made one, then got sent off. He was he was very yeah. busy, but he was actually starting to look. And previous to that, he'd scored against United. Right? He, he missed a sitter, but, you know, he'd he'd strung a few good games together and had scored a few goals. Um mm. It's difficult to know, really. Um, I, I do think that there has been some sort of sea change with it, with the attitude of the players. Um, I, I think, it, you know, I posted something <laughs> which which several people <laughs> couldn't make head or tail of. <laughs> I posted something the other. I think it was Friday. I haven't been. Uh, electronically engaged for a few days so I haven't been able to reply to the comments but I just read something on an ice hockey blog uh, she's very good and uh, if somewhat intellectual at times where she was talking about this idea of aggression to the mean which basically is that you know a, a given team with a certain amount of skill certain players of experience etc etc you know has an average that they will always come back to you may outperform that for half a season a whole season uh, you may underperform it for for a period, but you will always come back to it. And a player who has a season where they score forty goals, if they've scored ten goals every other year of their career, mm. they will regress back to it. And and with Torres, he seems to be that sort of thing where th- this isn't happening, and so there must be a very very good reason why it's not happening. You know, you would have expected yeah. it after the injury or an injury hit season where. You just can't score that number of goals, but you might see um, the goals per game coming back to where it might, where it should be, mm. even if the total hasn't. Um, so you know that interested me because the whole focus has been about the personalities in the dressing room, about the personality of the manager, rather than the tactics and strategy. I mean, there, there's been mm. quite a few, you know, Chelsea fans and other people written good things about the tactics that he was trying to employ as against the personnel that he had in the team. Yeah. And and that's where the major mismatch was, rather than the fact that John Terry wants to be manager and didn't like the fact this bloke was 33 or something like that, which is, you know, what she was saying is is that journalists and people tend to build up these narratives mm. that, that are built totally around personalities and things, you know, you look at a game and you say, oh, he's, he doesn't care, he's not interested. You don't know that because yeah. you're not inside his head. You know, th- that sort of thing. And I mean, I think that's a very good point. Sorry to interrupt, but no, I, no. I think that that's, that's something that's always struck me about football punditry and, and journalism in the main is that there's, there's always this need, rather than t- to actually report on what you're seeing and what you're, you know, what you're looking at, is, is to be... Either either controversial for the sake of it, which is is just one of those things that sells papers. We accept that as much as you know we don't like it. Um, but there's al- there's always this sort of kind of cod psychology degree lurking around in the background, and you know, well, so and so is obviously thinking X, Y, and Z. Well, as you just said, well, how do you know that? You yeah. Know, yeah. Unless he's actually said it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's reasonable to say that that Torres has looked, you know, from the outside looking in, has looked like a player who lacks confidence and Absolutely. the reasons for that you know again you wouldn't be unreasonable in assuming that the the reasons for that probably go back to the the, the string of injuries he had perhaps he doesn't trust his his hamstrings or his calf you know it's that sort of feeling of wellness i'm, I'm sure there's a lot of that bound up in it but perhaps also having to adjust in a team that plays a different style and yeah. You know, no, no one's saying that what's going on in a player's head doesn't matter. It matters very much. It's yeah. just that unless you're close to that player or, or talking to them on a daily basis, uh, saying that this is their problem or that's their problem just from watching football is is is, is not so a valid way. It's uh, a difficult thing to do. Yeah. So I mean, it will be interesting if if he's feeling confident now. If he thinks that Di Matteo or the setup in the club is is. Something that he now feels comfortable with, then it would be reasonable to expect an improvement. But but we shall have to see. It, it could be just a mm. he's had one good game and and next time he won't. Who knows? Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. But for the game itself, I, I was there and it was one of those sort of 
great European nights. The atmosphere, a lot of the atmosphere early on came from Napoli. Mm. And I was very impressed with this sort of strange bird tweeting that the sort of thousands of people can all do together. It sounded like there like was like a wood full of starlings down one end of the ground. Um, but as, as, as I think a bit of self-belief, even though we're always teetering on the brink of going out again, I think the fact that they were putting up... I, I remember sitting there uh, close to the, the end of the 90 minutes and also into extra time. Mm. And I, conditioned by Barca and various other such debacles, I, I was ready for it all to crash and burn. <laughs> but I was, I was kind of comfortable with it because of the season we've had and the way things have gone. I thought, at least they've had a go. They've scored some goals. It was yes. always a big ask. We haven't sort of wimped out of this by losing 2-0 and getting about four shots on goal. Mm. You know, they've, they've had a go. They've played in a pretty decent pattern way. I was still a bit worried about us defensively, still am. I think it, yeah, I that's, that's an ongoing problem. But to some extent, they are trying to put it right. And uh, I think the highlight of, of the night was... Uh, shortly after Ivanovic scored and the whole place by then was, was going bonkers the, uh, there was a lady sitting next to me on my left uh, and she turned to me and said is it always this exciting <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> to dear. which I replied you weren't here for Saturday in Stoke then. <laughs> yeah it's um, I, it's, I always uh, you know, it was, it was the atmosphere by then obviously was cooking and we could still have gone out but you know people I think the fact that we'd taken the lead in extra time people I think around the ground felt that whatever happens now we've taken this as far as it was reasonable to expect. And, you know. I think I, I mean, I think that's the thing. You touched on a very good point in the sense that, you know, have we gone out with a, with a limp, you know, VS Boas-esque 1-0 defeat? It would have been terribly disappointing. But, you know, the, the feeling was that, and I think this is, it's, it's a, a feeling that often gets exaggerated by fans in the old, well, as long as we put a good performance in, I don't care if we win or lose. Well, yeah, you know, eight games on the bounce, we've lost. I think you might start complaining, but it is a good point, you know, as long as you see a decent crack at things, which we certainly gave it. God forbid forbid we should uh, give a a weak performance in at Stamford Bridge against an Italian team. Oh, hang on a minute, Inter Milan. (laughs) I... You know, I, I, full credit to the team for for what they did the other night, and, and you know, like I said, I wasn't watching it live. I I think I would have turned off um, mm. by extra time. <laughs> I think I would have been um, safely ensconced, um, cuddling up in the warm bosom of my iPod uh, with the loudest set of headphones ever going on, cutting off the world. You know, um, but la, yeah. la 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 la. I'm not listening. Absolutely, yeah. Do you know, and that really does work. Of course, it does. <laughs> But strange, strangely, as I say, the thing about the other night was that on tenterhooks as I was, I didn't have that terrible, you know, acidic uh, burn that you get, certainly that we had against Barcelona and on yeah. one or two other occasions. I, I really, I'm saying that now, of course, had they got another, had Napoli got another goal, I would probably yes, have... the feeling might be different. But, um... I'd, I'd be talking to you from, from the padded cell. <laughs> you know, and so on. But you no, know, I did. I, I felt a lot more relaxed about it because I thought, yeah, at least there is a sign of improvement. You know, the Birmingham, the Stoke. It, it's not a one-off. There's a bit of a. The graph is going up ever so slightly. Yeah, and, uh, I know, see because uh, there were still lots of things I, I didn't think were great about the performance. You know, it got a bit ragged at times, and so on and so forth. But I, then I again, it, it was a sort of you know, it was a couple of boxers going at it and all. That's eventually all technique goes and it's just the will it's, to win it's, 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 a, it's a slugfest and the will to yeah. win and I, th- I, I think this is this is the point in terms of you know we, re- we return to the old guard as, as we have often this season but it's, it's another thing which I think you know I think Frank Lampard's alluded to in the, in the article that Tony mentioned um, is that there is a there's a core of players and it, it's probably Terry Lampard Drogba Ashley Cole Czech and Essie are not so much but you know, Michael Essien certainly is a player who doesn't seem to be quite what he once was, and whether he's going to continue at the highest level is is open to question. Mm. But that's that's for another night. But well, I, I, you know, I think, that, and 
this to be fair, none of those players featured today other than Czech and, a, uh, and a, yeah. an appearance from Essien. Um And then Maluda, who came on for the second half as well. But, um, mm. yeah, I think that point that Donal makes about we, we, we looked ragged at times today against Leicester. Um, I think if you, I read, see, yeah, there if was you read the report on the blog tonight, Marco's, Marco has absolutely nailed it. You know, there was 20 minutes at the end of the first half where you were thinking, you know, we could be six up, but now we appear to be sitting off their Leicester. Uh, and, and we're not that good anymore. We're not good enough to sit off teams and let them come at us and just absorb that, that kind of play. And, you know, mm. I, I think that's a, it is a fair point that the, you know, the, that, that those players um, are important. I think at the point on Essien is very good. He had a bit of a shocker today. He really did. You know, he looked very poor today. Um, mm. So, well, listen. What we'll do, we'll, we'll yeah. shift on to the Leicester game in a in a, in a bit. But, yeah. Um, in, in terms, could, could, could I just? Um, yeah. Sorry, John. I, I just, if my agent is is listening, I'd like him to contact me because I've I've just realised. I've just checked my bank balance, and, and I'm getting the same fee as if there were four of us. So <laughs> I, I, I need him to. I need to, if he can do a call because you know he might be out of work if we don't get this sorted out. Yeah. Sorry, John, do carry on. <laughs> No, it's it's a, it's a it's a valid point. I should be I should be in touch and making sure the inland revenue aren't taking an indecent cut, <laughs> um, <laughs> as does happen on occasion. Um, but I think you know this, this returns to a good point about the old guard. Is is that you know I, I always think back and I, it's one of those sort of classic football cliches. But um, in the, the the final in. Um, European Cup final in '99, or sorry, Champions League final in um, in '99. I can't remember who it was that said about Ferguson's speech at the um, at half time when they were one 0 down against Bayern Munich, and um, he basically said, "Look, you know, you've got 45 minutes. For some of you, you will never ever get a chance to touch that trophy again." And whoever it was, it might have been Yap Stam in, in his autobiography, said, you know, it, it's the sort of thing that, that turned ordinary men into God-fearing world beaters. And that's kind of, I think, where our our old guard are at. You know, they realise that the chances to win this, this trophy, which in any number of ways has been cruelly wrenched from their hands by, you know, referees dodgy bits of turf or whatever, you know, whatever you choose to call it. Um, it it's not going to be there for much longer. And I don't suspect we're going to win it this year. You know, I, I've always thought that, you know, if, if we get through Napoli, you know, whatever the draw happens to be, you know, if we come up against Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, we're, we're simply playing for the right to get slammed by one of those three. But 99 times over 100 at the moment, yes, they probably will. But this is cup football. Who yeah. knows what will happen? You know, what would the, we may hit the, the one time out of 100 and, and get very lucky and then... Can, I, can yeah. I just um, touch on that before we leave the Napoli game? You know this this John Terry on the sideline taking over as manager. Yes, uh, cobblers that we're we're I'm reading about. I, I I didn't see that because I was up in the East End, so it was down below me. But I was watching it, and I believe it, it. It is just one incident, and it was right at the end of the game where David Luiz patently had either cramp or, or injured, mm. you know, had, had pulled something, um, had been limping about. And the players on the pitch, um, uh, SEN, I think, did it, was Ivanovic on there? there? There were several players on the pitch trying to get it across to David Luiz that he was to come in and play the holding role mm. and that SEN was going to drop back to, to centre-back because that's where they needed the mobility and all they wanted yeah. Louis to do was, was occupy some space there in the, in, in the middle of the pitch in front of the back four. It, for whatever reason, he didn't immediately seem to get... Did cotton on, yeah. What they, were, ...what they were talking about, either because he didn't want to or he just didn't understand it or didn't realise, perhaps, not having been at the club that long, that SEN can, you know, can play centre-back if called upon. Mm. And, you know, to, to me, if... if you know, Di Matteo was, was watching that. Someone had, if he'd given the instruction, he was watching it being carried out because players were directing Lewis to do this. If if he wasn't involved, it was because he could see that that was already being done. Mm. And if John Terry standing behind him shouting it as well, 
the rest of the stadium were doing the same thing. I can just that. You know, I mean, everyone that, was basically saying, that's get him out of there, get him out of there, pull when, him up, get when, him into midfield. When it, when, it does, when it does reach that kind of point in a game, irrespective yeah. of how important it is, you know, how many of us... and. All right, you know, yes, we're not professional footballers and we're not sitting on the bench and we're not involved in some sort of huge, great piece of political intrigue as to whether we're in charge or not. But, you know, who is not standing up at that point shouting, no, fucking stay there and do not move? <laughs> um, so I, I, would, I, would, I would challenge, you know, the, the most sanguine, calm and placid of men not yeah. to be doing exactly what Terry was doing at that time, you know, mm. irrespective of all the, the espionage and intrigue that's gone mm. on around um, his, well, his all-in things. That know, just who is back, going to be doing that? That goes back to exactly what Donal said earlier on about who knows. We're mm. seeing people do it. To me, all mm. I saw was a player encouraging his mates. Yeah, And there was, you know, it's just too... It's a it's lazy sort of journalism when they sit there and go oh look John Terry wants to be manager they were even doing it on the Sunday supplement this morning you know because a captain of a team a senior player was actually saying to people you know and maybe just shouting at his mates you know let's keep this together or general things man on I don't know what he was saying there mm. but uh, you know I'd have thought I'd rather that any day yeah um, than, than, than actually see John Terry sitting there with a roll-up, not bothered. Yeah, hmm. but, uh, yeah I mean, if he'd, if, he'd been, if he'd been sitting there, calmly, looking around, everyone would have said, oh, Terry's got the ump, obviously. He's, he's disengaged and he's not... Because he's been taken off or whatever, you know, uh, and, and he's not involved in, in... Because the rest of the team are all lining up the touchline as well. It's just... Yeah. The, the, the disappointment on Radio 5 was palpable there around lunchtime when they had um, uh, Ron, Ron Atkinson was on and the guy couldn't wait to get to the bit about Chelsea and straight on to this, you know, John Terry. Well, Ron, you know, what would you have done? Blah, blah, blah. And Ron Atkinson said nothing. He said, I, I wouldn't have a problem with a senior player, you know, he, yeah. not doing it all game, not trying to undermine me, but if, yeah. if he's at the end of a game like that, I think that's to, the thing. to encourage his, his teammate. No problem, he said. And of course, oh, the balloon, you can hear the balloon going down. That's, that's not the answer I wanted. Well, I think just having thought of this whilst we were talking about it, um, when Viali, I think it was Viali who first bought Terry into the team, and, and so after he'd been out on loans in Nottingham Forest, Viali bought Terry into the team. And, and he said, you know, I, I was, you know, or he was surrounded by you know, older, experienced international players. And, you know, the moment he was training with the first team, he was at the back bellowing at people, shouting, ordering them, you know, shouting instructions, do this, do that. And he said, you know, it was he was absolutely blown away by the fantastic leadership. You know, the guy was, what, well, you know, 19 years old. And I think, just to, sorry, Tony, just to yeah. finish the point off, was that, you know... I think Ranieri made him captain when he was, what, 20 years of age? So, you know, he spent over a decade bellowing instructions yeah. to his teammates so, <laughs> and, and to expect him all of a sudden to stop. He yeah. was a shouty bloke, isn't he? Yeah. He's, He's been a shouty well, bloke all his life. So Absolutely. to expect him to have, you know, to, to all of a sudden, A, notice this as a hack and think, oh, there's some sort of grand yeah. conspiracy. Well, in which case you've seriously not been watching John Terry, no. the player, properly. And B, well bollocks frankly I'm yeah, sorry yeah. I, I, we have nothing else to offer but you know it's, it's just nonsense it is it's utter nonsense and, and on that shouty point I have to say that I see very much that in Gary Cahill yeah no he's, he's, he's got some lungs on him and he's prepared yeah. to and, and, and from what I saw as well and, and we'll kill it off about the Napoli game after this was I saw Ivanovic very much the same um, in fact mm. he became or he looked to me uh, and from comments I've seen that a lot of people thought he, he became the de facto captain once Terry went off you know shouting at Louise and doing various things and um, mm. when you look at his reaction to the goal he scored you know I've, I've, I've said it so many times Branislav Ivanovic is one of the most underrated players in the league you mm. know he would walk into any other side in Europe I'm convinced of it yeah a very good player and, and an interesting one just to finish on in which case and we can maybe touch on this another week because it, it's, it's a whole different kettle of fish, can of worms, or whatever you choose to call it. Um, when Thierry Henry left Arsenal, Cesc Fabregas said it, it sort of it kind of woke up 
a few of the younger players because they always felt they did they had to defer to him to a certain extent because of his seniority. Is that maybe what we're seeing if Terry goes off and, and Gary Cahill starts shouting orders and Ivanovic starts shouting orders? Maybe that's what we're seeing at Chelsea. Yeah, uh, perhaps, and it would be a good yeah. thing. You know? yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, just to round, round that point off, that's Napoli. So, we meet Benfica. I think we play them. Um, we'll touch on our, our forthcoming week later on in the podcast, but we, um, we play them, I think, a week on Tuesday. Um, who knows what may happen, but you know, at the last state of the Champions League after the season we've had, I think is probably quite a decent thing. Yeah. We move on to um, our FA Cup quarter final against Leicester at the Stamford Bridge this afternoon, um, or the reawakening of Fernando Torres, as we shall, um, we shall subtitle it. Um, <laughs> That's what- good, that is. From, from what um, I'd, from what I saw again, sadly didn't see the game, but from what I saw um, in terms of highlights on Twitter, a, a proper cracking cup tie in the sense that Leicester had um, the whole of the shed end were obviously bang up for their um, their big away trip to London and a ground they haven't been to for a, a little while. I can't remember yeah. the last time they were here. Um, a great result for us. Um, Gary Cahill got the first goal and, and, a, and a lovely touch um, in terms of his um, his message to Fabrice Mamba which um, was very impressive um, but it was really all about Fernando Torres um, two goals um, I think he he was involved in two of the others as far yeah, as I, yeah, as far as I can recall well, yeah, um, yeah. I think he, he safely walks away with the um, the man of the match champagne and um, I think Terence the Cat tweeted um, soon afterwards that there was um, a small monkey-like creature seen scuffling yeah. across, <laughs> <Fulham, laughs> yeah. across the Fulham Road and was, yeah. was that the monkey from his back? back um, yeah. Indeed. I, I wasn't there. Tony, I believe you, um, you caught I it did. on TV. I did. I watched it live. I didn't hide behind the sofa. I didn't, <laughs> do, uh, I didn't have my la-la-la, I can't hear you hat on. Um, I was very relaxed about the whole thing. Um, and uh, first off, let's just say uh, about Gary Cahill um, that was a nice touch um, there were several other Chelsea players who had the um, the same thing on um, Sturridge being one of them Sturridge because he's yeah. ex-Bolton ex- uh, yeah and uh, I think when you saw the post-match interview um, Gary Cahill was very emotional uh, he struggled to get his words out he was uh, uh, okay. yeah, very very you know as he said the whole game was a blurb he said because if I'm honest my mind wasn't here today um, mm. and if he's turned in a performance like that with his mind being elsewhere um, he, looked, he, he did make a mistake which let uh, Dan's in I think or whatever but you know show me a defender who doesn't make a mistake really they, they mm. don't exist today so um, and Fernando Torres did get man of the match he did not get champagne he got a large bottle of Budweiser Cool. <laughs> I shall leave you to make your own comments on that. But they, you, even his face, first of all, the ESPN guy got it completely wrong. He had Cahill and Torres standing. He'd interviewed them. Torres had been a bit chippy with him as well, you know. Sort of, you know, he said something about, oh, you know, about the time he scored a goal and talk us through it. It was, it was a bit of a lucky touch. It bobbled in, and Torres sort of gave him that, uh, you know, the kind of Joe Pesci stare out of Goodfellas <laughs> and went well you're the expert obviously you know that sort of comment and um, but he then proceeded to stand there and say um, well well done Gary you're man of the match um, Fernando would you like to hand him this big bottle of Budweiser <laughs> so obviously it was it was comedic um, that kind of suits our club and the kind of basket case we are and then as Fernando handed it over he went oh I've got that completely the wrong way round took the bottle back and said Gary it's actually Fernando's got this it was it was marvellous it was um, marvellous but um, Fernando Torres was superb today yeah he looked uh, um, from what I've seen looked full of running yeah. you know and, and the first goal it's it's what it's the kind of chance he's he's been missing yes all over the show and it, to be fair he scuffed it it wasn't the, the cleanest of contact but actually sometimes that's what you need just to get yourself off the mark and um, and he did and fair play to him you know I'd, I'd personally I've just desperately wanted it whatever it is you know his, his barren run to stop in one yeah. way or the other either we we hide him away in a darkened room and say that we're really sorry you can go back to Spain in, yeah. in May or June or we we keep sticking him out on the pitch and hoping to God that the poor guy 
get something and obviously this is only Leicester we're talking about with all due respect to them it's you know the week we have ahead of us it will be useful if we could carry on looking at the opponents we have but you know well done to the guy he, well, he's, he's, he's not given up he's not whinged I think you know to be fair Leicester came and played a very good game today they, they were not dissimilar to Swansea yes. or some of the teams that we've seen come at us at the bridge um, Nigel Pearson um, who I have to say looks like the hardest man in football and I'll tell you he now he looks like a psychopath doesn't I he? would yes. not I would not spill his pint not <laughs> in a million years uh, but I've, I've got to say that uh, they came and they played some good football um, I think they're a work in progress and I wouldn't be surprised to see them if they don't make the playoffs next year to actually come up um, straight away next year um, mm. some very good players in there uh, and I think we we, we we kind of unwittingly demean them by saying well they're just a championship side you know um, because on you know it's a 90 minute game of football anything can happen uh, mm. the fact that we did turn up when I mean, we did look ragged at times and we did sit off them too much and, and there were times when they were kind of walking through us and you're thinking you know come on Chelsea get a grip here. and there was a slight arrogance about us I think at times um, but Fernando Torres Absolutely, he, he could have had a couple early on in the game. Um, yeah. He his his assist for Kalu's goal was marvellous. I mean, he, he picked yeah, the ball up just good. outside our box and ran three quarters of the length of the pitch before slotting a pass through for Kalu. Uh, you know, and and at the end he had a chance of a hat trick, and he just saw Morelli's in a much better position and laid it off to him. You know, for the for the fifth goal. Um, Sturridge was selfish today. Uh, He's getting a lot of stick for that, but he, yeah, a... I've seen certainly um, the, the, my Twitter feed had all over it was you know learn to pass the bastard ball, you yeah. toe rag, and it, it's it's to be perfectly honest, it's it's the sort of criticism, and it it's the one thing that Fernando Torres has actually done, even yes. whilst he hasn't been scoring, he's actually been sticking deep crosses, getting... he's been putting you know yeah. good balls in for everyone else, but Star then he's getting isn't... stick for not being selfish enough at times. Well, you know, that's the thing. Yeah, we've been there and we've gone... The striker's dilemma, isn't it? Yeah, but, you know, Sturridge is exactly opposite. You know, he's not scoring, so yeah. therefore you'd hope he's creating, but yeah. he's not. And we've done mm. it and we've said, oh, you know, for fuck's sake, shoot Fernando next time or whatever, you know, and, and it's frustrating. So on the one hand, you've, I, in, I think you've, you should have an almost ideal balance there. One selfish sod who won't pass. In the end, though, um, Sturridge started to lay it off. I think he probably got a sense from the crowd that they were expecting him to do other bits and pieces. He showed some fantastic skill at the time Sturridge today. Um, I think the, 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 the fans who think he's not good enough are deluded. Uh, he's a young man. And I'd rather have a cocky, arrogant, gobshite young man mm. who can be, uh, who will who mellow as he grows older, be a bit more measured than have somebody, another Kesman. Yeah. Yeah, uh, true. You know. I and I think the other thing point. to say about your point about Torres as well, um, he is not Shevchenko. When we bought Shevchenko, you know, the, um, uh, the, 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 uh, what do you call it, the stun gun ready to put him the, in the knacker's yard was already <laughs> set and the, the trigger loaded. Um, I Torres, think he'd, um, he'd had, I think he, he was injured the, the Shevchenko we're talking about I think yeah. he was injured the season before for, for AC Milan and there were times when and this is you know, one of, one of my, my pet beefs about football cliches is, is Glenn Hoddle's classic the first 10 yards are in his head well it doesn't matter if the first 20 yards are in your head if you can't fucking run anymore yeah it doesn't yeah. really matter no. you know but, you're going to be you're going to be surrounded by hungry yeah. defenders who are going to rob you like that, yeah. You know. And I take I took exception to Peter Watts' uh, comment the other day about um, I put some up on the bog, but I think you know if if Torres is developing and becoming a Nelka or Sparky like in that he's going to score less goals but create more, hold the ball, you know, then is that such a bad thing? And you know, Pete was well, he's not going to do that, is he? He's not another Nelka. And I'm thinking, well, you could have gone back five years and said Nelka wasn't going to do that. Anelka was renowned at Arsenal as a young man. Anelka was renowned, like Andy Cole, for missing hatfuls of chances. Yeah, that was one of his traits. He was greedy. I he missed I a lot. He scored a lot. I, I, and I agree with you to an extent. I think ultimately the big, the biggest problem, and it, it's the same problem. You know, it's the same argument with Shevchenko. The problem is, is, is that if you have paid £50 million for a striker, it's almost irrelevant how much they do on or off off the ball, you know, how many chances they create. People, you know, the fans want to see it. 
yeah. all that will ever be mentioned, you know, in the media coverage of him is that, you know, well, when was the last time you scored? Yes, but... And I think that's the problem. He didn't set that price on himself. No, absolutely not. And I think that's the problem. Yeah, so my view is he's been, he's been unfairly treated. You know, he's 27, okay, arguably going into the peak years of his career, okay, and if it starts coming back, we all, I think we, we all need just, to show... Can we all that, just have a wistful moment where we remember 27 when we were at our peak? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving <laughs> swiftly on. Anyway. I think the only concern, Tony, would be that, irrespective of the price tag, Chelsea, like all top teams, you need to have someone who's going to bang in 20, 25 goals a season. Um, it, it's... You know, it's rare as the team where you're going to get seven or eight people all score 15, if you see what I mean. Um, we've got to have a dependable goal scorer who's going to score at that sort of rate in, in the bigger, you know, in the big league, as it were. If Torres isn't the man to do it, we have to get someone who can. Now, that doesn't mean you have to get rid of him if, you, if he can be utilised in some other way. But we do, irrespective of price tag, Need someone who's going to, you know, Drogba has tended to do it over the years, deliver the, the 20, 25 goals or whatever that, that, that you need in a season. And if, if, if Torres can't do that, it, it, it's a problem because Drogba is coming to the end. If Torres isn't going to s- step in there, we've got to, to get a striker who can, and, and they don't come cheap unless you happen to be able to mm. get a steal of, of some young lad who, who no one else has picked up on. And the worry with someone like Torres, who was so good so young, is are we going down the Michael Owen road? You know, has, has have the injuries caught up with him too early in his career? I, I don't know. I hope not. Uh, mm. I, 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 maybe, I, maybe maybe a year with with uh, it happens to to lots of players. Yeah, the, the the medical staff that they get surrounded with, or the physios, or the people like that, perhaps. You know, he's now got someone who's who understands the conditioning he needs and can get him back to to mm. where he needs to be. I don't know, but I mean, I perhaps that's, that's the hope. I think that's the thing. There's there's a couple of points about Torres. My, my concern when we bought him, and you know, I had this conversation with any number of people on the blog. Obviously, a fantastic footballer. You know, there's no question about that. He made a he he was interviewed um, when he was maybe two years into his Liverpool. Um, his time at Liverpool and he actually said openly you know it's 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 a very tough league and I don't know how long I can I can withstand the physical demands of the premiership now it's a very throwaway comment and it wasn't really picked up on at the time which which surprised me a little bit but my concern was always well if you've got that in your head now where is that going to take you yeah. um and I think Tony your point about Anelka is is very good there's there's also the aspect and it's it's almost that kind of you know if if a tree falls over in a forest and no one's there does it make a noise well torres can be creating all the wonderful chances in the world but the simple fact is we haven't got at the moment we don't really have someone to put them away no. and people are expecting him to be the one to put yeah. them to put them away yeah, so I, that's his problem yeah and i don't again i don't sort of disagree with that i i just think that you know as donald said you had michael owen who has um, is you know very kindly referred to by Piers Morgan on Twitter as bench warmer, um, and 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 Michael Owen does very little to actually argue back against that point. My my point. He's, prob- he's probably got a very large fleet of racehorses he's yes, concerning himself indeed. with. So yeah. Piers Morgan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who cares? <laughs> he's, he's a gooner. But I, I I just think that if Torres like Anelka is. Uh, developing or adapting his game to a slowdown, to a, 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 a sort of potential for injury or, or whatever, um, and by doing that, still contributes, still contributes to the, the, the assist of goals, and will get his fair share of goals. Maybe not twenty-five a season or whatever. That's no bad thing because it's a damn sight more than Michael Owen did, who came back and mm-hmm. you know is no longer a striker. Which means he's, he's no longer anything. He's not even he's sort of a man out. He's, he's yeah. a man out of time, Michael Owen. Now, isn't he? Absolutely. That's the thing. We're sort of digressing slightly yeah, from the point, yeah, but, yeah. Which we but it's, it's, it's it's illustrative in that sense that yeah. you know if if you're not in in modern football, you know the, the days of, of, of sort of the 
the guy who hangs around the box and knocks home 30 goals a season is pretty much gone, you know. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very broad generalisation, but, um, you know, and I think Michael Owen has, has pretty much admitted himself, as, you know, my my time is past kind of thing, you know, I'm not I'm not the man anymore, but... No. Um, but I mean, yeah, Torres, Torres, Torres is a thinker, I think. Uh, from, I seem to remember, I mean, I read it from the point of view of what he was saying about Carvalho, but I remember reading a, yes. a, a very good interview he did with someone um, where he, he talked you know, very um, intelligently about the role of the striker, what he does what defenders do etc and, and he was, as I say I read it because he was talking about why he thought Carvalho was the best defender he faced in the Premier League mm. and it, it was you know, quite a detailed uh, analysis of, of what he's doing and what he thinks defenders are going to do so he's, he's obviously not, not that most of them, because it's their profession, don't do this, but, but you rarely get to that sort of level. You rarely get beyond the, you know, good game, Fernando, how do you feel it went sort of nonsense. Uh, and this was a good interview talking about what he's doing when he's in the box, when he's out of the box, you know, what he's looking for, what he's looking for defenders to do. And it was, uh, it was a very good article about how you ply your trade. And so he's obviously someone who, who is who think maybe maybe he's now overthinking it? Who knows? But um, you know, he's not someone who's just wandering around picking up the money. Of, of that, no. I am sure. That was uh, so, and I think people sense that, and that's why yeah. they haven't turned on him as you would have expected by now. Mm. He, he he does come across, and I've, I've seen the old journalists be asked on Twitter, you know, what's he like, and. People generally seem to to be of the opinion he's quite a decent bloke and, and quite an intelligent guy as well. Mm. Um, I think um, that that probably wraps Lestro. It, it seemed to sort of end up in a uh, more of a, a chat about Fernando Torres, but he was always. Yeah, I mean, I, could I just start, say, John? I, yeah. I read Marco's because I I didn't see the game. I only had to listen to it on radio. Mm. Um, I read Marco's report, which was was very good, and threw up something about he, he seemed to wax lyrical about Mikel's performance. Now, on the radio, they, they were generally, you know, very positive about Chelsea, but were heavily concentrating on the sort of Sturridge greediness, Torres' mm-hmm. performance. And there was little sense of how the ball was getting out to these players quickly. Where it should Our be. midfield was yeah. doing. Morelis got a fair few mentions of matter, but from what Marco was saying... Mikel appears to have had a very good game in terms of controlling the midfield and, and getting the brakes going quicker. I don't know if, if that, that it's, uh, it's came across a, on the telly or not. It's a, it's a good point. I mean, I didn't see it, but I, I, I think we're, we're probably all reasonably well-confirmed fans of Mikel for, for all the sticky takes. You know, he he mm. is very, very good at being, being stuck in front of the back four. Not what did you think, Tony? Did you bit. see it? Yeah, I did, and um, I agree with Mark. I think that yeah, I, you know, I had a, I, I did have a trend running on Twitter, which was leave Mikel alone or something, you know, because he's 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 a good player. But I think he he, he seems to have stepped up, and, and maybe he himself, um, uh, you know, has, has had a change because of uh, Di Matteo, perhaps putting more faith in him or whatever. Um, especially if we as we suspect Michael Essien may not ever get back to the, the heights of what he could do before. Um, but with Mikel today, he, he was very calm. Uh, mm. He strikes me as very calm, you know. Um, and he He's a very disciplined that. player. Yeah, and I think his stats probably showed out today. There were one or two misplaced passes, but again, I always say the, the same thing. Show me those that aren't. You know, show me a player who doesn't. Um, and we were playing uh, uh, today against Leicester. We started off with a very quick passing pace. So none of this 25 passes to reach the halfway line. None of that. It was um, more direct. Much, much more direct. Much, much quicker. And I wonder whether, you know, because, you know, the Nigerian um, football fans have, have long um, had a problem with Chelsea and Mourinho in particular for, for ruining, in their view, um someone that they saw as a, an attacking midfielder yeah. uh, and taking that away from him and I just wonder whether Di Matteo has um, actually said to him you know go, go out and do what you can do and, and show us what you can do uh, he looks he looks more comfortable uh, he can tackle better and uh, I think he's one of the 
uh, again, one of the success stories that's probably coming out of this, you know, that uh, uh, often when a team's backs against the wall and things aren't going well, it's a chance for those players perhaps to step up that haven't previously done so. And, and yeah. I've always, I was very impressed. You know, the guy went up in my estimations when he berated Drogba for the sending off at QPR. And Drogba mm. tried to dismiss him. And you could see Mikel saying, don't you know, you don't just push me out of the way, you know what I mean? Um, mm. And going over saying, basically saying, you, you prat, what have you done there, you know? Um, and I thought, good, good on you. You know, go mm. up, show, stand up for yourself a little bit. So, yeah, I think Marco, uh, I read the report, um, you know, half an hour after it went up there. And I thought Marco pretty much nailed it correctly with, with everything he said. Because mm. yeah, okay. it just seemed to me, the midfield, Mikel, Morelos, Matter. Was it Kalu or Star? You know, you had Kalu, Sturridge, and, and uh, Torres, and then you had sort of Mata, Morelos, Mikel. Uh, and again, no insult to Leicester, but I don't think he'd play quite such a. You know, that was a sort of a footballing midfield with only really Mikel in there to do the the holding. So it was good to hear that. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I do press on. No, no, no. no that's that's quite right. Um, I think um, that that probably rounds off for Leicester. We should actually just quickly note if you haven't seen it. Um, obviously, we won. Marvelous. Um, I think it's Ben Marshall's goal, um, which is Leicester's second, an absolute cracker, and it's worth finding the highlights wherever they may be. A brilliant goal, well yeah. worth watching. So, Very to do so, good. and credit to the Leicester fans as well because they were, you know, six thousand in the shed end, sung loud and long all day. From what I can gather, excellent work. And um, you know, we will um, hopefully see you uh, back in the big time soon. Um, we will move on to our final item, which is just a, a quick look, and I think we will probably end up doing this every week because the picture will continue to change um, on the week ahead and the season's prospects and so forth. Um, if Roberto Di Matteo's record so far is is pretty much perfect, I think it's it's four wins in four games. We've we've scored a, a fair few goals and only conceded three, I think. Um, the week ahead is. Manchester City at Eastlands, um, Spurs at the Bridge next Saturday, and then Benfica away. If there was a time where a manager has to, or a, a, you know, a, a standing manager has to earn his corn, um, the next eight days are um, are it. It's you know we haven't ultimately had a terribly bad season. You know there's still fourth stroke third place to play for in, in tribute to Mark who still believes we're going to get it and I think he actually has a decent point um, but if we come out of this week let's say unbeaten the season actually looks quite smart I would say um, Donald your, your thoughts on um, the coming eight days and, um, and what it might hold for us um, well with Mark not being here I, I can probably give full vent to my over pessimism uh, as a man for whom as I famously wrote last year it's not a question of the glass being half full or empty it's the glass is going to get knocked over at any moment um, <laughs> and, and someone's going to stab me with it more yeah. <laughs> um, certainly City would have relished playing us probably four weeks ago and perhaps you know not quite so much now in that their form has taken a bit of a dip and, and mm. we're putting things back together gradually it's I the have game, to, it's the I have game to they be, have to win isn't it sorry yes. to it's the game they, they really do have to win now yes um, we've beaten uh, we've beaten a poor Stoke side who you know who didn't do themselves justice probably maybe with an eye on today and so on um, we beat Napoli all well and good we've beaten Birmingham and we've beaten Leicester is there enough evidence there to go confidently to Eastlands thinking we can get anything out of that perhaps not in one way perhaps seeing mm. the renewed confidence and belief that's in the team why I not think it, I, it's, I think it's, a point would be would be a good result out of, yeah, out of Eastlands it's as much. It's it's more about the hope that we that we hold is probably more about the spirit about the team than the actual ability. At yeah, the moment. yeah. I think it, it's it's coming down to do or die now for City. You know, they're out yeah. of they're out of Europe. Um, this is this is the one for them now. There's a, a guy I was talking to who's a Man City fan lives over the back from us, and we were joking that a bit like ourselves, it's. 
you know, this is in their DNA, and he said he's been waiting all season for them to, <laughs> to just chuck it down the toilet. Mm. Um, well, so it's, um, it's, it's on the line for them in the next couple of games. They have to get some a result against us. Uh, yeah. So perhaps, although we're you know in fairly desperate struggle for fourth place, equally we've probably got less to lose than they have, um, and perhaps with renewed confidence we can get something out of it but City backs against the wall needing the result at home if they can get any sort of tempo going I'd, I'd, it could be a very long night for us that, that's the sort of pessimistic view uh, there, are, there are going to be plenty of people out there who, who are probably throwing their iPods in in the bin in disgust but you know I am naturally pessimistic I have to say <laughs> But, you know, equally, I, I won't be surprised. I am heartened that, that, that at least the team has, has got some sort of shape and, and self-belief to it now. And that can take you quite a long way, but it, it wouldn't take you far enough to beat... If, if City hit their stride or find a bit of that for early season form or even mid-season form they had, you know, they, they, it, it could, be they could have too, too much for us. You know, and if we lose up there, we lose up there. I'm not going to it's not going to be a Di Matteo out uh, sort of mm. situation we are still recovering from a, a very very poor run and we're still a, a team that, that the parts don't quite all fit together yet and, and yeah. there's a lot of work to be on the training ground and to some extent maybe we're just in a holding pattern to get to the end of the season so mm. you know um It'll still be interesting because I think City, you know, equally City are probably feeling a little shaky now themselves. So yeah, it's, it's um, um and there's any number of sort of potentially interesting end of season kind of points that will arise. Um, ultimately, you know, one of the Manchester teams is going to end up without a trophy this season. And that, that's potentially sort of quite a big mm. sort of more bragging rights as much as anything else. But you know, if 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 it's um, if it's Mancini, it opens up any number of different cans of worms. Where um, obviously Mr. Ferguson will be crowing, and um, Mr. Mourinho may be um, may be sitting in Madrid thinking, I could get myself acquainted with um, with a very rich shake in um, in Manchester and Very, um, move on from there which, they, which would be worrying person from this point of view they, um, they did discuss it on the um, supplement thing this morning and Pat, Paddy Barkley um, who's rather curmudgeonly in his views but I find that quite okay which, which we I'm, like yeah. yes we like that um, and he said that, uh, that, that ultimately Mourinho's ambition is to be the manager of Manchester United which he could do if he came mm. back to Chelsea for three years. However, if he went to Liverpool or Manchester City, that would never happen. And uh, so Very quite true, an interesting actually, point. Yeah. Uh, and also that City have um, said clearly this morning, I don't know whether it was the CEO or, or who, who it was in, in their hierarchy, that um, you know, no matter what happens to their season now, Mancini will be in charge next season. So... A very public yeah, statement there. Yeah, um, I, I I go with Donal. I, I I would sacrifice City um, the, the, a result there because I think the bigger game for us is Tottenham. I yeah, think we, we, that's, we, that's we, key, if you're it? if you're doing strategy and you're picking your your battles uh, in, in the overall war, then City and uh, United are away from us and. Uh, United are doing what United do. They're hitting a rich vein of form post-Christmas, right at the right yeah. part of the season. They've destroyed Wolves today, who were in a relegation battle um, and didn't put up much of a fight by all accounts. And well, they went down to 10 men quite yeah. early. Yeah, on well, but, so yeah. as far as I could tell yeah. from... Um, they weren't going, it wasn't going to no. be anything other than a United no. win, but it was made considerably easier. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't know who the I don't know. Sorry, Susan, right, but I don't know who the guy got sent off. But no. from what I could gather from the Twitter feed, it was two fairly stupid yellows, and yeah. um, you know, to mm. put your teammates under that much pressure that early on. But yeah. Um, but yeah, but, I mean, we could um, we could make a, a quick prediction in terms of we play City on Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I can't remember. Yeah, Wednesday. Um, the the bets on um, on a certain Glaswegian appearing on various media outlets making his point about squeaky bum time at any point in the um, yeah I think, I think it's highly likely 
Yeah, he'll be on talking about what a fine job Di Matteo's doing and yep. yeah. how it's a pity Chelsea had a bit of a slump because really they're a top class team and you can tell that because he'll be giving it all that maximum. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh yes, and, and to be fair, you know the only the only people I've come across so far that are surprised by um, United suddenly, you know, um, breaking away from the pack, as it were, you know, almost on the last bend, seem to be Manchester City. You know, we're, you know, <laughs> we're, we'd all be sitting again. Uh, well, that's what they do. Have and, you not you been know, watching? Yeah. We've, we've we've done that, and we've matched them a couple of times and three times. I think you know we've 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 been the one that's kicked away from the pack. Um, and I I. I still think I would take a draw against City absolutely yeah. um, if we if we get beaten I'll accept that as well because I think it's an, an unimportant game in the scheme of our our revised targets however I think Carlos Tevez is going to be the, the the killer for them I, you know they can spout yeah. everything they like those players about how great it is to have him back in that squad when he you know I don't believe that not for one minute that man is going to disrupt everything because there is going to be a whole squad of 20 players of which you can guarantee almost certainly six or seven of them even if the others all think how oh, great good old Carlos who stood by us for three months by buggering off to Buenos Aires or whatever he's back into there'll be others sitting there saying why is he getting picked over me mm. yeah that's a good point yeah that's a very so I good think point. I think you know I think I, I think Mancini has do you know what Mourinho and I don't think Ferguson or Wenger would have backed down on that they would have flatly said he does not come back in the doors of this club while I'm here mm, and if he does then cheerio bye absolutely mm. so yeah. just an opinion which no, is what it's I, all about I think that's um, I, th- I think that's perfectly fair um, I think if we, if we round off this this particular point um, of the three games ahead of us um, City Spurs Benfica um, if we're taking a naturally pessimistic point of view, which I think we are all predisposed to, yeah, default um, position. <laughs> if 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 there's one game we have to win, it's probably Spurs. Yes. Mm. And um, the worry there is, uh, when's the last time Spurs beat us at the Bridge? Mm. Oh, a long don't. time ago. Yeah. Mm. yeah don't, don't, <laughs> so, don't, please yeah, don't throw this. Up this is regression. Regression to the mean, gentlemen. Yes, regression yes, to the mean. We beat them. We what? We were sixteen years unbeaten at the lane, yeah, yeah. and everyone thought it was going for regression to the mean. Yeah, because once it broke, it broke and quite. Yeah, and I, I spell the other one, which is law of averages, which means that if we are unbeaten at Stamford Bridge by Tottenham for that amount of time, that has to end somehow. at some point. Yeah, it's yes. very true. Um, what what we will do here is we'll say we'll round up but our, our light. Our, we've actually waffled on for for longer than we usually do with Mark, which is a slight <laughs> worry. That he, he he maybe brings a little bit more order to the um, to the proceedings. Um, we will say we will finish here and we will come back to um, the light-hearted point to finish on when Mark is back. Um, Donal, I'm going to start building you up now, so, um, you know, get ready for your your, your big outro. Uh, oh, we, we're going with this, are we? Yeah, let's, let's go with it. I think this is, this is an excellent <coughs> idea. Um, being, um, being, being the... Um, the cultural epicentre of uh, the Chelsea universe that we are, um, erudite mm. and um, interesting and well-read chaps that um, the three of us, four of us are... Um, We've got a musical outro for you. Brace, <coughs> I would say, brace, I would say, brace yourselves. Yeah. Yes. Uh, my I, I, I will be channeling. I will be channeling Eric Morecambe uh, <laughs> in that. The, in ghost, that. the ghost of Les Dawson is with us. <laughs> yeah. You'll be playing uh, all the right notes, not, <laughs> not necessarily the right in the older. <laughs> um, Yes. Ladies and okay. gentlemen, um, I hope you've enjoyed this week's edition. Join us again um, in the podding shed next week to play us out. Dr. Blue Bayou on, um, I'm not even entirely sure what he's playing and I'm not sure he is either, but um, Donal, take it away. Take it away, Donal. Dead um, space is never good. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us when you're ready. Yeah. Uh, we'll just yeah, swap so on. Just, just, we'll talk, we can talk you in. We can, just, oh, just, oh. One moment, just one moment. Just one moment. Just one moment. Just that. Right, okay. Um, I think... <laughs> right. Ladies yes. and gentlemen. Dr. Um, because, it's, because of our triumph in Europe, this is, of course, the... Uh, 
anthem of Europe, Ode to Joy. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you. That went wrong. That's I'll brilliant. That's Can we edit this? I'll start again. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, surely. Give it another go. It's go fine. On, have, it, have another go. Good. Absolutely magnificent. <laughs> On that note, we do a very fond I'm farewell. available for weddings, bar <laughs> and any other private parties. Ladies and gents, good night. Good night. <laughs>